Can we give God a clap offering? He is good. Amen. Woo. And He's going to turn this place upside down, right? Because there will be revival and this will be a house of miracle. And people be set free and delivered and healed. Amen? Amen. More to come, okay? This is only the beginning. Wow, this morning, if you didn't listen to Pastor John, he preached a tremendous message. A message for this season. Because we as believers in the church, we must wake up. We cannot sit around and be like the world, right? We are not, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. So if, we did, if you didn't listen, you still have a chance. Go to the YouTube and listen to it. But John put uh, or stole part of my message. Oh. No, but it's okay. I forgive him this time. <laughs> it's not a competition, right? But actually, I heard from God first. <laughs> He told me to write about Gates. And then suddenly he followed me and write about social media. My, my Gates is linked to all this social media stuff, right? But it is okay because we are on the same page. God is speaking the same things to us because he wants to make us aware of the times we are living in. Yeah? We are living in perilous times. True or not? Yes, and we need to be aware, not sleeping, okay? Because if we sleep, the enemy will snare us, okay? So today, what am I talking about? I'm talking about gates, okay? Some people will say doors, gates and doors. To tell you honestly, before I prepared this message and God told me to prepare it, I said, are you kidding, God? I know nothing about gates. I know I've got gates at home, doors at home, right? I know that my house has got an alarm system to prevent intruders. And if it's not good enough, I've got my little dog boots <laughs> running around, barking and trying to bite you. Okay, but we know that gates have two purposes or doors. To let people come in or to keep people out. Okay, there is a function, a purpose to gates. And we, we as human beings, we think we are pretty smart, right? We think. But this idea of gates is not from us. It's not a human invention. It comes from God. And I'll tell you where. Okay? The first gate, I believe, happened in the first book of the Bible, which is Genesis. The first gate was in the book of Genesis 3. Amazing. You know, and, and you know, God is amazing. I will tie it up later. And the last book of the Bible is Revelation 1. Who knows? 
21, 20, 19, 25, 22. Okay? Revelation 22. And you know, in Revelation 21 and 22, God was speaking about gates as well. Okay? Beginning, gates. End of the Bible, gates. So, is it important to him? Yes, extremely important to him. Alright, so if it's important to God, it should be important to us, right? So, like I was saying, there are gates. Do you know in heaven, we have gates too? And sometimes we mention the word pearly gates. Where do we get that word pearly from? It's actually in the Bible. In the Revelation 22, God says there are 12 gates in the new city. And on each gate, there is a pearl. So I feel very fortunate because I have a car with pearlescent coating on it, pearls. I'm preparing myself to go up to the pearly gates. <laughs> okay. Hey, stop laughing, Pastor John. It's just a coincidence. Oh, yeah, see? Wow, pearls. Thank you, sister. I don't actually understand why we need to have gates in heaven. Because I know for a fact there won't be any robbers there. Murderers, yes. Rapists. Because they're not allowed. These people will not make it to heaven, right? And heaven is the safest place. You don't need to have gates, but God has have many gates there, at least 12 that I know of. I think God wants to show us, you know, as we go up to heaven one day, and we will first meet with the pearly gates. Before we enter, we will have a gate. There is a gate there, and it's pearly. And when we see the pearly gate, we know. Phew, I've made it. I've made it into heaven. That is a sign. You know, and he wants to show us, and those pearly gates are so magnificent. That is the magnificence of God because God likes to show off, not in a bad way, in a good way. You know, and he wants us to say, wow, wow, so beautiful. Just looking at the gate and say, wow, God, that is so special, right? On the other hand, hell has gates too. I probably want to deviate a little bit here. I, I'm not speaking about hell, okay, today. I'm talking about gates. But we know that hell has gates too. Who believes there is a hell here? Many people outside there don't believe in hell. Right? Whenever you see on the news someone passes away, they say, oh, they're up in heaven. That's what the world believes. I'm not so sure because God says in the Bible, not everyone makes it to heaven. True? And hell is real. And I sometimes when we are evangelizing, you know, on the streets and you talk to people, and they say, they don't listen to the gospel. They say, oh, I'm good. 
Uh, it's okay. If I make it to hell, I'm going to have a party there with all my mates. And they say, oh, every night I'll be drinking, I'll be having a good time, you know, with all my mates. No, no, no. That is a deception, okay? Hell is not like that. Okay? Hell is a terrible place. Okay? And God doesn't actually want us to be in hell. God doesn't even want anyone to perish, right? He doesn't want. But He does give us a free choice. Okay? A free choice. And the only way to make it not in hell, but up in heaven, is to believe in God. Okay? Is there anyone here who does not yet have given their lives to Jesus? This is very important. It's a matter of life and death. Not natural death, it's spiritual death. Okay? Anyway, come and see me later. Okay? If you want to make that commitment, alright? Or... You, you need to make that commitment. Come and see me later. So in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus spoke to Peter. He said, and he was at the entrance of that place in Caesarea. Okay, that place was demonic, very demonic. And they actually have an open uh, like a place where they actually... Um, they believe it's the entrance to hell at that place, okay? And he said to Peter, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah! So nothing can stop Jesus, and nothing can stop us. Okay, why? Because Jesus, when he died, he was a sinless man. He was fully God, but he was fully man. But he was sinless. So if you are a sinless man, what do you do? You go straight to heaven. We are sinless because of the blood of Jesus. So when we die, we get straight to heaven. Okay? So, but the funny thing was, Jesus did not go straight to heaven. Where did he go? Yeah, he went to Hades, to a place called Hades, okay? And he went there for three days before his resurrection. He, that was the last assignment that God sent him to do, to invade hell, okay? The gates of hell, the, the bars, the irons cannot stop Jesus, I'm coming, I'm gate-crashing, those bars, no way, you can't stop me. So he went into the, in hell, and what did he do there? In 1 Peter 3, 18-19, it says, he preached to the spirits. He preached to them. Okay, some of these angels are, spirits are fallen angels as well, okay, he preached and he preached to those who died before Jesus. They were contained in a place, okay? So he preached. The word preach might not be actually speaking the gospel. It might be just a proclamation, a declaration of his victory, okay? He's saying that, look, hell cannot stop me. I 
have descended into hell. I've been there even. And look what I've trampled over Satan. And I've asked Satan, give me back the keys. So the keys have been, the keys to death and hell is now in the hand of Jesus. Okay? All right. Satan is defeated because of the cross. He's defeated, totally defeated. Okay? And the church now, we are the church. We have been given the keys. Okay? So Jesus took the keys and he has relegated that authority to us to have the keys to storm the gates of hell. Okay? We are not defensive. We are offensive. We are storming the gates of hell to take back territories, to take back those people that, Jesus, uh, that the enemy has stolen from us. We're taking them back, okay? So, John, you stole another example from me. Jericho. See, this notes here I written one week ago, it mentioned Jericho. It's okay. I forgive you another time. <laughs> Confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just stirring him, all right? In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, we read about cities like Jericho, which were fortified with thick walls, a drawbridge, and strong gates. The strength of a city depends on its fortification. Okay, the stronger the fortification, the harder it was for the enemy to enter. Also, gates were seats of authority. People of authority sat at the gates like the judges, the prophets, the elders of the city. There were also positioned watchmen on the walls to guard for danger. Nehemiah, in, in, in the Bible, Nehemiah, actually cried over Jerusalem because he understood what it was like to have Jerusalem with its walls torn down and the gates burned and was overrun by its enemies. But God sent him to rebuild the gates and the walls. Okay? So I have a question for you. Are your gates broken or burn down in your walls, okay? I don't know. You, you ask God to search you at, at this moment, okay? What is happening to your gates and to your walls? Like, what we know is what is found in the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament, and it finds its fulfillment in us. We are now the cities, I talk about Jericho, the city, right? Got walls. We are now God's cities, the cities on the hill. In fact, there was a promise made to Abraham that we will possess, that he will possess the gates of his enemies. Okay? We and we are the descendants of him. Okay? So we have the same promise. We will possess the gates of our enemies. Okay? And remember, we are the cities. And now we have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, we speak of natural gates. In the New Testament, we speak of spiritual gates. 
Okay, we have spiritual gates around our cities. If we want to be strong in God, we need to fortify our gates. We need to strengthen it. We cannot allow our walls to be ruined and our gates to be burned. What happens when we allow our walls to be ruined and our gates to be burned? What happens? The enemies comes in and out all the time. Comes in, steal from you, take it out. Comes in, steal. And then you are, you are thinking, why am I having these kind of troubles all the time? Because you have allowed the enemy to come in and steal from you. So now you have to build up your boundaries. You have to build up your walls and your gates to stop the enemy coming in and have free access. Okay? And create. When the enemy comes in and steals from you, it's not stealing. He creates strongholds in you and cause havoc in your life. All right? So... Today, I would like to talk about two spiritual gates. I can't cover all the gates. The eye gate and the ear gate. But first, let me go back to the story of Adam and Eve when they fell in Genesis 3. You know, the serpent was very cunning and he actually attacked Eve's ear gate first, the ears, because he actually whispered to Eve, has God indeed say you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So attacking the ears first, whispering. So, so next time when you hear someone or in your thoughts, you're thinking things like that, you know, be, be alert. Could it be the enemy attacking your ear gate? Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. You know, Eve was not very aware. She was not discerning. Actually, she was quite foolish because she actually responded to the serpent. She actually talked back to, to the enemy, right? So if, what does God say to us if the enemy is, attack, is, attack you, is attacking you? Resist the enemy, isn't it? Resist him. Don't talk. Don't entertain him. Don't entertain the enemy. Resist him. Okay? And he will flee from you, right? He will flee. So, but she was a bit foolish. She answered back and said some more and gave some more secrets away when, in fact, she should have run. Sometimes it's not a bad idea to run, isn't it? Because if you are under attack, you run to a safe place where you can actually uh, talk to God about your problem, right? Run. So the serpent continued, you will not die, but you'll be like God. So the next thing that happened was the enemy attacked her eyes, the eye gate. Because what? What did she do? She saw. She saw the tree. And the fruit was pleasant to the eyes. It was beautiful fruit. I don't know whether it's an apple. People say it's an apple, but it's not. It's just a fruit, right? Who knows? Could be a papaya. <laughs> just a fruit, right? Yeah, as a result, she ate the fruit and gave it to Adam too. Say, come on, honey. Come and taste this fruit. Oh, no good. 
that fruit. Smell too. Maybe oh, it could be smelly fruit. The durian. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's durian because yeah, I don't think so. Adam would like it. Oh. <laughs> Well, we are talking about this very exotic fruit that is found in Southeast Asia. It's called the durian, okay? It is supposedly called the king of the fruit, okay? It's got thorny thorns around it, okay? But when you open it, it tastes like cream cheese, okay? And John doesn't like me to eat it because I smell like garbage after that. <laughs> It's true, but it tastes good, okay? So, hey, shoot that rabbit, boom. <laughs> shoot the durian. They both sin against God. They both sin against God. And you know what God did? Chase them out of the garden. That is the first time the door, the gate, because it was... God set a cherubim on the east side and a flaming sword that moved all over to guard the way to the tree of life. That was the first instance of a gate. Okay? So, a lesson learned about this story is not everything that looks pleasant is good for you. In fact, the enemy uses things that are beautiful, you know, very uh, tempting to snare you. True? For example, he might use, for those men who are single, he might put before you a very, very beautiful girl, very desirable. Okay? But in her heart, she doesn't love God. Okay? So that can become a snare. Snare. Okay? We must be alert about that. Okay? Or how about we like, I like food. Okay? I enjoy eating even though I don't show it. <laughs> yes. And I do like watching MasterChef. Okay? But that's eye gate, but I protect it with something, okay? Filter. <laughs> hey, shoot that rabbit. How about a gooey melted, I know all of us are a bit hungry now, a gooey melted toasty with lots of butter and cheese dripping with oil. Ooh, wow, so tasty. Looks good to the eyes. But if you eat that every day, you're going to go to Liverpool Hospital and see Dr. Alpha there. <laughs> right? Things that look good might not be good to you. But things that don't look good sometimes are the best for you. Right? Like the green smoothie that looks like water from the gutter. <laughs> you drink it, it's going to nourish you. Right? So that is a lesson that we learned. But protecting your eyes and your ears are so crucial. It's so important 
because it's opening yourself to the influence that bypass it bypass your head it goes straight into your heart it goes straight to into your emotions and your soul and some of these influence are demonic you know there are many gates on satan's road say god has only one gate one door right but satan has got many gates and many doors so long as he can tempt you into one of those doors he's more than happy but all these doors end in one place hell and destruction all right so we must not be tricked and look satan is so desperate nowadays because he knows that he's coming to the crux of the end times okay he knows his days are numbered okay he's counting down to the day you know when jesus returns again so he's just throwing everything at us even the kitchen sink he'll take your kitchen sink throw at you okay we are now like jo pastor john was saying this morning we are now literally bombarded the word is bombarded okay from all sides our eyes our ears we literally bombarded satan is unleashing all these things on us so to get us away from god to seduce us to the ways of the world so we need to be aware we cannot slumber anymore okay with what all the social media stuff all your phone all your ipads or um apps all these things okay and look for example people like john was saying if you go to westville you will see people walking like this it's not that dance to the Egypt egyptian is it not that one not that one no they are glued to their phone people are so glued to their phone headphone headphone they are wearing it all the time even in the city we were there for a few days i saw everyone has got headphone or earbuds or you know that link okay they just walk out into the tram and next minute the tram collects them they don't even know because they you know they are so distracted all right and people are so busy they don't have time to communicate like what pastor john was saying we are the most isolated generation in the world most isolation isolated even couples don't have time to talk to one another you observe in the restaurant people couple romantic dinner candle there right and both of them swiping away it's supposed to be a romantic dinner but they are busy swiping away right so okay give let me give you an example one of the most popular streaming shows a few seasons ago is not the chosen okay worldwide it's called the game of thrones anyone watched it here okay i haven't watched it i never watched it but 
I, I have read that it contains a lot of witchcraft and deviant sexual practice like rape and incest. So, if, if you are watching programs like this or even on TV like Married at First Sight, you are actually opening the door, right? What are you opening the door to? Sexual lust and sexual immorality. That's why we need to be careful what we see and what we hear. Need to be so careful. We need to actually make a choice. Actually, TV is not really good for you. I do understand that, but... John, don't shoot the TV first, okay? <laughs> I do believe that a majority of TV shows we can't actually watch. I have a testimony. Yesterday, I was actually watching a very, um, um, not, you know, a current affair. Anyone watches current affair here? I do. I do watch current affair. And there was um, a, a documentary or a write-up about this man in Nusa. He was the leader of the satanic church. So we actually have satanic churches now where they worship Satan. So this man, he was demonized, he was satanic. And what he wanted to do was he wanted all the schools in Nusa to teach Satanism. Yeah, so it was on TV yesterday night. Okay, it was on Current Affair. It was, um, you know, I was just watching it. And when, it, when that came up, I decided out of non-discernment, I started to rebuke him in Jesus' name. I started to bind him in Jesus' name. Okay, that guy, that man. I, I got the backlash. Within 10 minutes, I was groaning in pain. Suddenly, it just came. And I knew that it was a spiritual warfare because we don't fight against flesh and blood. I quickly, I went to John. I said, John, you better pray for me. This is a backlash from the enemy. Okay? But... After that, I was okay. And also for the young people, we, you need to be careful about computer games. You think computer games are harmless? They are not. Okay? Because it's not only an, a distraction, it is an addiction. It's an addiction. Okay? You play one hour, and then it extends to two hours and three and oh. And some of these games are so violent and it's demonic in nature, demonic. What are you opening yourself up to? Did you know I'm not exaggerating this, but people have died playing computer games. Yeah, that's right. In nappies, not eating or drinking for 30 days, they just sit glued to that computer games not going anywhere they actually have died okay so we need to be careful the next one our ear gate music 
I know there are a lot of musicians here. I'm not one of them. I hope I can sing better, but John said if I sing, everyone will run out the door. <laughs> oh. No, but I'm a worshiper. It's okay. You know your giftings, right? It's okay. I can take it. <laughs> one, preacher, one preacher once said, one Christian preacher once said, all music is good for you. True or false? True? False, yes. I do believe music came from God. And it is a gift from God. Okay? Because angels worship God. Even Satan was one of the worshippers before he fell, right? And David played music and worshipped to God. And Paul sang in the prison. But I don't believe all music is good. Because of Satan. Satan has made a counterfeit. So whatever is good, Satan changes it to bad. Of seducing sounds and derogatory lyrics to ensnare us. I can say to you, I'm very old school. You know, I'm still in the 70s and 80s in my music, okay? I enjoy listening to those kinds of music. And I'm not ashamed to say that once upon a time, I used to lis listen to people like Donnie and Marie Osman. Who knows that? Paper roses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Michael Perini saying, please take that. <laughs> no. Um, you know, in Asia, there are not many choices. You know, they've got limited choice. You listen to what is the best of the not so good. Okay, uh, I listen to uh, Rod Stewart. My brother listens, so I enjoy his music. Listen to Abba and even an Aussie band called Air Supply. Those were the days, right? And the worst song, the worst song that I've ever heard during that time was called Nobody's Child. Have you heard that song before? It's terrible. The lyrics are terrible, but it was no swearing or anything. You know, it's a song of rejection. But those days, the lyrics were pretty harmless. And the music was okay. It was quite soothing. But not anymore. Secular music nowadays is antichrist. Most of it, antichrist. Let me give you a few examples. The first one. I don't know. I've never even listened to it. Maybe you have the younger people. It's by Lil Nas. Ness. Lil Ness. Anyone heard of that? Lil Ness. Wow. Pastor John, you are into that kind of music, are you? No. <laughs> Just, uh, and it is a song entitled Montero by Lil Ness. And it has notched up. 149 million views. 149 million. And you know what? That song is demonic and makes a mockery of the Bible. It mocks the Bible. So, 
You don't want to listen to that. What about the new song by Justin Bieber? Okay. Called Peaches. Sounds a bit innocent. Peaches. I like peaches. I like to eat peaches. It contains a lot of swear words and has references to weed. Not the weed in your garden, okay? <laughs> a different kind of weed. <laughs> okay? Words and music are very powerful. Very powerful. It can stir up rage, anger, fear, or even suicide. On the other hand, if we use music and worship to God, it gives us peace, joy, and the presence of God, right? And God says to us, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So our faith is encouraged, is built up by hearing the word of God. So even when you sit here, the word of God is washing over you. All right? Even if you're half asleep, it doesn't matter. It washes over you. Okay? And that is why the enemy is so cunning. He wants to distort your hearing because he knows if you listen to the word of God, your faith will be built up. Okay? So he distorts your hearing. So what do we do? We are under such an onslaught of the enemy, bombarded here, there, everywhere. So let us look at some of the generals of our faith. The first one, you might not have even heard of him before. His name is Leslie Sumrall. Anyone heard of him before? No, Leslie. Lester, Lester, sorry, Lester. Lester Sumrall. Very uh, man of God in miracles, signs and wonders, okay? Lester Sumrall. When he was young, he had the privilege of being invited to Smith Wigglesworth House in London. So Smith Wigglesworth actually invited him to come. So this young man, Lester, was pretty young at that time. So he wanted to impress Smith Wigglesworth. So he dressed in his finest suit, the tuxedo, everything, right? You know, the bow tie, everything. And he put a newspaper under his arm. That was the style of the day, okay? If you want to look stylish during those times, you put a newspaper under your arm. Nobody reads newspaper anymore anyways. Okay, so he went up to the house and Smith Wigglesworth would not allow him to come in. He said, leave the devil at the door. The newspaper was the devil. Okay, even the news that we read now it can be because a lot of it is fake news. Fake news, right? So how about David Wilkerson? He was, so, um, he, he was so upset with the distraction of his TV, he took it to his backyard and opened fire and shot it <laughs> and killed the TV. He killed the TV, okay? All right. John, tell me when you're going to do it. 
<laughs> Can I save the TV? <laughs> yeah. And another black preacher from Azusa Street Revival, William Seymour, he would put a box over his head during meetings to stop distraction. Okay, he literally wore a box over his head. Okay, until he hears God, the Holy Spirit, speaking to him. Wow. You know, the, 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 the way, something that we can learn from, isn't it? The generals of the faith. We are asked to have the mind of Christ. How can we have it when we are filled here, 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 with so much junk and so much noise? We can't even hear God when He's speaking to you or shouting at you. You can't hear Him because there is so much noise. Some of us are so bound because we have opened that gate and we have allowed the strongholds to come in and build a stronghold, okay? We have opened the doors. Our strongholds reveal what doors we have opened. What is your stronghold? Think. Is there any stronghold in your life? Okay, what do you keep on coming back to? What is the mountain? Because that will show show you what door you have opened. In John 2.15, we are asked not to love the world, nor the things of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Wow, that is strong. That is what Jesus said. For all that is in the world, everything is in the world, is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And then Galatians 6, 7 say, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will reap. If he sows to the flesh, will of his flesh reap corruption. But if he sows to the Spirit, will of his Spirit reap everlasting life. So we as believers, what do we sow to? The flesh or the spirit? The spirit. The flesh is temporary, okay? And Jesus in John 10, 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Jesus is the door. We need to enter into the door. We can't stand, like remember last week I was giving the prophetic word that some of us are standing outside the door, right? We are satisfied with the crumbs. But Jesus said, come in to the door, come inside. Don't stand outside anymore, come in. There is one door and Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And he is the narrow way. We need to enter into him and be hidden in him and he in us. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus wants more of us. He's asking us to come in. Come in and dine with him and have relationship with him. You don't dine with a person unless, you know, you have a relationship with that person, right? And he wants us to go deeper and higher in intimacy, right? He wants us to come into that door. Okay, before I finish, I just need to share this little bit about the gate and the door, okay? It's about end times. I'm very intrigued with end times, okay? Because I know Jesus is coming back again. True or false? True. Amen? And you know, where is he coming back to? The first time, he will not, he will not be on this earth, okay? First, first time, he will meet us in the rapture halfway. Okay, he will, but the, after the tribulation, he will return. But where will he, he enter through? Who knows? Yeah, what's the name? What's the city? Jerusalem. He will enter into Jerusalem and enter through a gate. See, gate again. Who knows what gate it is? It's in the book of Ezekiel. It's the eastern gate. Or there's another name for it. It's called Golden Gate. Okay? But there is a problem. But God is greater than any problems, right? Nothing can stop God, right? Nothing can stop Him. What is the problem? This historical. I'm not making it up. You can check it. I like history, okay? This gate has been sealed shut. This gate is there, okay? If you go to the mount, you'll see it. But it has been sealed shut for the last 500 years by a Muslim leader, sealed. And because, and it, they want to make it so difficult for Jesus to come in. Oh my goodness, nothing is too hard for him. Yeah. You know, this, this, uh, this gate, how thick the concrete? 16 feet. My goodness, how wide is 16 feet? I don't know. From the stage to maybe the seat here, 16 feet or more. They want to make it so thick that Jesus cannot penetrate the wall. Because you know why? Because... The enemy knows the prophecy. The enemy knows that Jesus is going to return and he's going to enter through that gate. Okay? To Jerusalem, to Jerusalem, to that gate. If hell cannot stop Jesus, do you think a war can? No. And Jesus has already demonstrated that in John 20, 19 to 20. When Jesus walked to the apostles through locked doors and walls. He already did that, okay? So this 16 feet, 100 feet, doesn't matter, you know? It, it won't stop him. And um, last but not least, I just want to just tie it up. You know, the Bible is amazing. It's so amazing. God ties up every loose end. True? 
Yeah? So just now I was talking to you about the book of Genesis, right? Genesis 3, how Adam and Eve fell because of sin. And God cursed them. There was a curse on them. And the curse was what? They have pain and sickness and all that. And death as well. And separation from God. And then they were kicked out from the garden, right? And there was a, a, do uh, a gate there to prevent them from coming in to the tree of life. Okay? That was in the beginning. If you turn to your Bible, so amazing. Revelation 22. The last book of the Bible, Revelation 22, 14. Jesus invites his believers, we are his believers, to enter. That gate was closed. Now Jesus said, I open that gate for you to enter into the city. And Jesus reversed everything that was in the garden. He reversed it. And he calls us not cursed. He calls us blessed. The word there is blessed. And God said, because of your obedience. Okay? In believing in him. Okay? And he said, that gate is now open. Previously, the gate was closed. Now the gate is open. And Jesus invites us to come into that gate, into that tree of life. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus turned everything around. Everything around. Okay? This is really the last part, okay? I'm not joking. Last one. I felt, I felt that Jesus was saying to, to us yesterday, let my people go. Let my people go. This was when Moses confronted Pharaoh to free the Israelites from their 400 years of enslavement. I believe some of us here are enslaved. I don't know what is your bondage, what is your stronghold, but Jesus said, let my people go. And it's time to let the bondage go. Jesus wants us to be free. Okay? The bondage is not good for you. All right? And Jesus wants, doesn't want you to be enslaved. He has already bought your freedom. It is finished. It is done. And he doesn't want you to go back to Egypt. Egypt is our past, okay? So tonight, if you need to be free of anything, don't be shy. We are going to pray for you, all right? So afterwards, we might have some music. If you need some prayer uh, to break some strongholds, or you, if you have open doors, which you, are, you know now that you're not supposed to open, and somehow you have opened them, it's not the end of the world, okay? You just need to come to Jesus and say, I repent, and ask Him to break off those bondages, all right? To set you free once more. Thank you.